Warning, this case does discuss attempted murder and mental health issues. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the It's a Crime O'Clock Somewhere podcast. This is episode 98. Today I'll be talking about an attempted murder-suicide. My sources for today's episode are Snapped, Season 31, Episode 1, Oxygen.com, and Mentalfloss.com. As usual, all of my sources will be linked in today's show notes. Terror rings out at the headquarters of the country's most popular cartoonist, sending shockwaves through the country. There was a shooting, and it was at the Charles Schultz offices. This is the last thing you would expect to happen. This was the case that was getting the media coverage. This was the case that people were paying attention to. When the dust settles, Charles Schultz's second-in-command is desperately clinging to life. He had gunshot wounds in his back. Was this an active-type shooter or a targeted thing? Was there a suspect at large? The search for the shooter will expose a crack in the picture-perfect lives of a local power couple. He fell for a woman much younger than him. She wanted to spend the rest of her life with him. Santa Rosa, California was home to Charles Schultz, the creator of Peanuts. Charles's wife was a great philanthropist. But just before 11 a.m. on July 5, 1995, a 911 call came in from someone working in the Peanuts headquarters office. When the police arrived, they found a man lying face down, not moving. There were people standing out front and were shocked. The man was identified as Ron Wilson. He was Charles's business partner. Ron had been working with Charles since the 1970s. Ron helped Charles market and promote Peanuts. Ron had been shot in the back and was close to death when the police arrived due to the amount of blood he had lost. The police walked into the office with their guns drawn because they weren't sure if an active shooter was still inside the building. A female was lying on her back in the back office. She had been shot in the chest. The woman was conscious and identified herself as Charlie Nelson, Ron's wife. Before meeting Ron in 1966, Shirley had already been married twice. The marriages didn't last too long. They had met in a bar in Minneapolis. Shirley was about 11 to 12 years older. Ron had just graduated at the time, and Shirley was out with some friends. The age difference didn't didn't seem to affect them. Ron liked to show Shirley off, and she was described as very well-dressed. Ron knew that Shirley couldn't have children, but it didn't seem to bother him. They married in 1977 after less than a year of dating. Ron landed his job with Charles Schultz shortly after. Ron made very good money, and Shirley was also given access to all the perks that came with it. They lived at the country club in Santa Rosa on the golf course. They enjoyed golfing together and bringing their dog with them. They also liked to host dinner parties and travel. By May 1995, Ron and Shirley had celebrated their 28th wedding anniversary, but their lives seemed perfect. Support for the It's a Crime O'Clock Somewhere podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off plus free worldwide shipping with the code CRIMEOCLOCK at manscaped.com. 
If my math is correct, that's about 14 million balls. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived and oh man, it is a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawn Mower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag to hold your goodies. First off, the Lawn Mower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming and dare I say the greatest ball trimmer ever. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawn Mower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4000K LED spotlight you need a more precise shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. You thought that was good, but want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes this Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. My husband loves the boxers, and I have ended up stealing the travel bag to use for extra storage. It's time to take care of yourself, so go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CRIMEOCLOCK. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CRIMEOCLOCK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code CRIMEOCLOCK. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Ron and Shirley were rushed to the hospital. Meanwhile, the police were searching the offices for any murder weapon or clues, and they ended up locating a 357 Magnum gun. Shirley was asked what had happened. She was conscious enough and admitted to shooting Ron. She asked if the son of, bitch, son of a bitch was dead. She also admitted to shooting herself. She was very angry and kept asking if she had killed Ron. Shirley had surgery to repair her injuries. The doctors were struggling to revive Ron. The police interviewed the witnesses at the office. They said Shirley had arrived before 11 a.m. in a car they didn't recognize. They said she walked inside with large sunglasses on. Shirley wasn't able to disguise herself as everyone in the office knew her. She went into Ron's office and shot him in the back after he stood up. She had fired two other times but missed him and then shot herself in the chest. The police wanted to speak to Charles Schultz. He said he didn't hear the shots because his office was at the other end of the building. Charles was aware that the Nelsons were having marital issues. He revealed that Ron had an affair with his secretary, Eileen Christensen. Charles said he hoped that Ron and Eileen ended their affair. He was more concerned that it would lead to a sexual harassment lawsuit. Charles said he threatened them that he would fire them if they didn't end it. A month before the shooting, Ron had confessed to the affair to Shirley. She was obviously heartbroken and hysterical, according to her friends. The police spoke to Shirley's friends, who said the marriage had started to go downhill even before the affair had come out. Shirley had a stroke in 1991, so her friends believed that Ron started to realize how much older she actually was. Shirley's friends said she was determined to get their marriage back to the way it was before. She had tried to dress and look nicer for him. The police looked into the car that Shirley had driven to the office and discovered that it was a rental. 
There was no evidence in the car, but the police went to the rental car place. Shirley's car was in the parking lot, so the police obtained a warrant. Inside Shirley's car, there were three fifty-seven caliber bullets and a receipt for a Smith & Wesson revolver. The police interviewed the owner of the gun store. Shirley had attempted to purchase the gun around June 15th. The store had a two-week waiting period, so a background check could be done. The gun store owner said Shirley took lessons during that period of time. The case had a very large following because it had taken place at Peanuts headquarters, so the media was very interested. About nine hours after the shooting, the police learned that Shirley had survived. She was interviewed, but the police wanted to make sure she understood that they were the police and why she was being questioned. She admitted to shooting herself in the chest and said she wanted to kill Ron and herself. Shirley told the police something about a motel room and that she was sorry Ron wasn't dead. She said Ron had made her life miserable. Ron was going to end their marriage, so Shirley wouldn't have access to the perks of their lifestyle anymore. She said she had no life without him. Shirley also spoke about how Eileen had betrayed her and taking him from her. As time went on, it seemed like Shirley was more angry with Eileen than she was with Ron. She talked about how she wanted to give Eileen money and asked Eileen to buy her a house if she stopped talking to Ron. It didn't work, so she turned to her next option. Shirley admitted to moving around while she shot Ron, so that's why she didn't kill him. She also admitted to not being able to shoot Eileen, which she had planned to do as well. The police learned that Ron had also survived the shooting. He had been shot in the kidney, lung, intestines, and it had nicked his artery. He was conscious and aware and willing to speak to the police. Ron said he and Shirley had been separated for about a month but still spoke and had relations. He implied that he had said things that made her think he was coming back home. Ron said he met Shirley on the golf course on July 4th. He said he had met with her to tell her the marriage was officially over. There were several witnesses on the golf course that overheard the argument. According to the witnesses, Ron had said she was too old and that he had found someone younger. He had also mentioned that they were going to have children and start a life together. Ron believed that conversation is what caused Shirley to shoot him and herself. Shirley wasn't going to give him up. After the interview with Ron, the police obtained a warrant to search his home that he once shared with Shirley. On the table, there were letters to various people and photos of them together. Shirley had written letters to her friends and Charles. In the letters, Shirley spoke about her love for Ron. On July 6th, Shirley was arrested for attempted murder. She remained at the hospital due to her mental state and injuries. She was treated at the mental hospital and then went to jail when they released her. Shirley's bail was set at $2 million. In September 1995, two months after the shooting, Charles offered to pay Shirley's bail. She was released and rented a place in Oakmont. There was controversy around her release because of her status and her money. Charles supported Shirley and had made a statement to Ron and Eileen that he didn't like what they did and he would always support Shirley. On April 23, 1996, Shirley went on trial. The trial focused on her mental state and if, actually, if she actually understood what she had done. She pled not guilty due to reason of insanity. The prosecution argued that she knew exactly what she was doing. They said she had planned it and it was premeditated. The defense argued that she was in a downward spiral after Ron left her. They said the argument on July 4th was her breaking point. The trial ended in a hung jury, 9-3 in favor of acquittal. 
The prosecution eventually offered Shirley a deal of pleading guilty to attempted murder. On April 16, 1997, Shirley accepted a plea deal of one year in jail, five years of probation, and 3,000 hours of community service. She served six months behind bars. According to Shirley's loved ones, they said she is a changed person and regrets what she did. Ron did marry Eileen after divorcing Shirley in 1997. Shirley died in 2008 at the age of 78, and from what I could find, Ron is still alive in 2022. At the end of the episode, Shirley's mental health was spoken about. While I'm sure she did suffer from mental health issues, she still attempted to kill someone. What Ron did was wrong as well, and it didn't help that he allegedly said some awful things to Shirley and ended up marrying Eileen. I'd love to know what you think. Do you think Shirley's sentence should have been longer? My book recommendation for this week is The Good Ones by Polly Stewart. The last time Nicola Bennett saw Lauren Ballard, she was scraping a key along the side of a new cherry red Chevy Silverado. That was the night before her friend mysteriously vanished from her home, leaving a bloodstained washcloth and signs of a struggle, as well as her grieving husband and young daughter behind. Now nearly 20 years later, Nicola, newly unemployed and still haunted by the disappearance of her childhood friend, is returning to her Appalachian hometown. For Nicola, Tyndall County has remained frozen in time. Everywhere she turns, she is reminded of Lauren. Yet, shockingly, her former friends and neighbors have all moved on. Drawn to stories of missing girls, Nicola obsessively searches the internet, hoping to discover a clue to Lauren's ultimate fate. Driven by a desperate need to know what happened to her friend, Nicola takes a job in her hometown, determined to uncover any bit of information, any small clue that can help. Deep down, she knows the answers are tucked in the hollows and valleys of this small Blue Ridge County. As secrets come to light, the truth begins to unravel. Will Nicola finally release and break free of the past or lose herself completely to any unanswered questions from her adolescence? A small town can't seem to get over the death of a young girl, but neither can her friend. She becomes obsessed in trying to solve the case. This book is full of twists and turns, and I can relate to the main character, Nicola, and how she became so wrapped up in researching the case. Sometimes when I'm writing my blog or podcast, I too can get lost in the research. I give this book a 9 out of 10. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please subscribe to my blog. Follow me on Instagram at It's Crime O'Clock Somewhere blog pod. Follow me on Twitter at It's Crime O'Clock. Email me at It's Crime O'Clock Somewhere at gmail.com. Buy me a coffee and leave me a 5-star rating and review. Thank you again to Manscaped for sponsoring today's episode. I'll be back next week with an all-new case and book recommendation. And remember, it's crime o'clock somewhere.